2: Happy
3: Divisional Playoff Day, Packers fans. It's the Pack-A-Day podcast. Your Saturday crew, I'm Jason Perone, along with Packer Reports, Mark Eckel, and Dairyland Express and Cheesehead TV's Paul Brettel. Paul, we'll start with you this week since you're up in the Dairyland state of Wisconsin and that is where I think there is a game that's being played later today, is there not? Yes, there is, and I'm sure everyone is very excited
4: about it. Weather-wise, it's actually pretty warm for this time of the year—mid oh, thirties, uh, you know, mid thirties. Mark, it's all relative. It's still still cold for those LA LA folks coming over. And I want to in the teens. Well, I that would have—I'm with you on that one. That would have been ideal. But mid thirties for kickoff, and then it'll get into the I think mid-high twenties by the time the game over. By the time the game ends.
3: Yeah, that's kind of a man. You want the snowball game? Remember that cool game against Seattle in 07? That was a Saturday divisional playoff game. Although that was the snow yep. game of the day, so by the time they, by the time they kick off, it's dark because it's getting dark out there at what five o'clock? Four thirty? Yeah. <laughs> good old winter. Good old winter in Wisconsin, and then out east. Mark Eckel, what's what's going on over by the beach, Mark? Um.
5: Uh. Today was pretty. It was during the day. was beautiful, about sixty maybe. Uh, now it's 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 getting a little cloudy. I think we, I think they're calling for a little bit of rain tonight. But it's been it's been high fifties, almost touching sixty, temperature wise. But like I said, I think we're going to get a little rain. Well, here in the Phoenix
3: area, we're going to get some rain next week. There's rain forecasted in some way, shape, or form virtually all of next week. But for this wow. weekend and for today, it's a high of seventy seven, sunny. There you go. So I might be watching this one on a patio somewhere. But Green Bay Packers are going to host the Los Angeles Rams. Guys, we just found out this matchup officially. We had a good feeling after Saturday when the when the Rams upset the Seattle Seahawks. But we had yet to see what would happen with the Bears and Saints game on Sunday, the Nickelodeon game, as I call it, which is very fitting that they chose the Bears to go on Nickelodeon. But until that game was over, we didn't know what the matchup was going to be. And it's only really been five days since we, we knew officially what the matchup was. But I have probably consumed about a month's worth of content for this game already. I don't know how you guys feel. Mark, this was, is, was your profession for a long time. What's the goal this week? Is the goal obviously traffic and advertising and all that? You know, people you want people to read your content, but you have a huge sure. matchup like this and there's so many storylines. It's it's a little bit easier to write about. What's the goal from the media perspective?
5: Well, again, I mean, it, it changed so much over the years. I mean, back back, you know, when journalism was journalism, it was just to write good stories and you know. Tell people what's you know what's going on in the game. Yeah, now it's about clicks and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, you want as much as you can get. So you want that um, you know the the, the angle that that people want to read or what's going to make them read your story over the thousand other stories that are that are out there. Um, and and this is an easy one. I mean, this of the four games this weekend. And again, we're we're probably a little prejudiced because we are Packer, you know. We're, we're Packer fans. We we write about the Packers. We talk about the Packers. But I think it's the most it's it's the it's the most um, attractive game. I'm not gonna say I'm, I don't know if, I don't know if it's going to be the best game, but it's there's a lot. I mean, you 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 have probably the offensive player. I mean, the the, the, the most valuable player on offense and the most valuable player on on defense in this game, right? Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Donald. Yep. Um, which was the last time the, the the two MVPs were both named Aaron? Ever? Oh, probably not. Right.
3: That's a good one. i do not sure. <laughs> um, you
5: know, so you you know, it's it's a sexy game. It really is. I mean, and you have Devonte Adams and Jalen Ramsey, which is everybody's been talking about, and and you have two young top coaches who are also good, very good friends. So yeah, this is the uh, to me this is the the marquee game, I, and I'm, I'm 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 not surprised the game's on Saturday, but I I thought it would be the night game.
3: Yeah, I thought they might save it for the end of the weekend and just torture all of us, and have to wait. Well, we'll be waiting all day for Sunday night essentially. But Paul, when I'm, you when, I'm
5: glad it's Saturday.
3: Well, I. I don't mind it either, because at of most, well, most, most of us typically have to recover quickly and get up and go to work the next day after a Packers game, and now you won't have to if you work weekdays. You so, Paul, when this was the, the matchup set for the Packers, when it looked like the Rams were going to pull off the upset against Seattle, knock the Seahawks out, which are – Seattle's been a tough opponent for Green Bay. Was this an ideal scenario for you, or does it not matter who the Packers are playing? You know it's going to be tough. But was there anything in you that said either way, yay or nay?
4: Uh, I'll be honest. Other than the Bears, I didn't really have a strong feeling about who I wanted Green Bay to play. And the reason I mentioned the Bears is because of the playoff teams. They would have, in my opinion, hands down, been the easiest matchup. Uh, but after them, I mean, even Washington, I know they're 7-9, and nine, but they have a really good defense um, in their own right, and I think that would have been the next easiest matchup. But there wasn't really any other team that stood out as like, oh, we have to play them, or oh, I'm scared of that team. So I was just, you know, last weekend was fun. You just got to kick back, relax, and just just see who was coming field, and it's the Rams, and in case you guys didn't hear, um, Jalen Ramsey is going to be covering Devonte Adams, and I'm not sure if that was covered at all this week.
3: Oh, that's right, uh, <laughs> Jalen Ramsey, tell me more about, about him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, but uh, it, it's, it's an intriguing matchup,
4: as Mark said, because there's so many little matchups within it, there's the one I just mentioned, Aaron Donald versus, you know, Elton Jenkins, Corey Lindsley, McVeigh, and uh, Lafleur, his former mentor, and then the other side of the ball, you got J.R. Alexander, Robert Woods. Uh, Andrew Whitworth the tackle versus Z I mean there's just a lot of good individual matchups in here but and that's been the, the focus of a lot of the content this week and understandably so but it's the playoffs it's a Football's a team game. It's going to take all 53 uh, on, this, on both rosters to come away with the win. And a lot of the focus has been you know, the number one defense for the Rams, number one offense for the Packers. But I think it's really going to come down to the other side of the ball. What are the Rams going to do on offense against this Packers defense?
3: Yeah, when we were talking beforehand, and we'll get to this at the end, and we talk about where we see this game going and scores, I, I had a kind of an interesting take on how I see this one shaking out. And the biggest reason for it and the biggest question is exactly that, Paul. How many points can the Rams score with Jared Goff, at quarterback who practiced all week leading up to the Seattle game, even though he had surgery on his thumb and there was obviously reasons not to play Jared Goff with pins in his thumb and and he had maybe had some struggles. But he did practice all week and this is a do or die game. This is, uh, you know, obviously it's a single elimination tournament and Sean McVay went with with John Wolford the backup, and said, hey, we're going to take our chances with Wolford, even though you could potentially go Jared Goff, and you were the guy that just started the Super Bowl for us two seasons ago. So what the Rams offense is going to do is also going to be intriguing, and I think this is, for those of us that have gotten excited about the Packers' defense, and I think that's where we'll start our conversation, is you know, for those of us that have gotten excited about the Packers' defense, this could be a game where we see them make some big plays. So in diving into it, Let's, let's go Packers defense versus Rams offense and kind of stay there. Like I said, Jared Goff will, will start at quarterback for the Rams. Cam Akers, the rookie, really found his footing against Seattle. How are things going to go against the Packers? The Packers are likely not going to have Kingsley Kiki. Keke. Kiki's really the only injury of note. We typically do the injury update, but we get the game day show this time. So the Kingsley Kiki up front will not be there. The Packers did, get, did have Snacks Harrison in week 17 against Chicago. So Snacks will be there to help with the rotational. But you got to count on guys like Dean Lowry, Tyler Lancaster. This isn't their first rodeo to step up and have a big game. And I guess starting up front, Paul, you mentioned the Rams offensive line. I think the Rams offensive line is one area where they're not known for being as stout or as great. Uh, Whitworth is good. But as far as, as that pass rush goes, this is one of those weeks where I really hope that Z'Darrius Smith, Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, Mike Pettin with the stunts that he's going to run really turns it up a notch and, and decides they're going to try to wreck this game because if it is Jared Goff and he doesn't run all that that great, you get pressure on him, this could this could turn out to be a really nice day for the Packers sooner than later.
4: Yeah, I think what the Packers have to do is stop Cam Akers, the rookie running back from Florida State. So in, in Akers' last five games, four of them, he's gotten 20-plus touches, including 28 carries and 29 carries in two games. And that doesn't necessarily mean that he's been – on a tear. I mean, he's had some good games in there, but there was a game against Carolina. He averaged 1.6 yards per carry on 21. McVay's going to stick with the run game, even if it is struggling. You know, and that's why the uh, uh, getting ahead in this game can be helpful as well because it could help negate that. But I think the Packers have to put the ball in Jared Goff's hands, like you mentioned, Jason. Let the pass rush get after him. But also, Goff, hasn't, Goff doesn't have a ton of experience in below-freezing games, I think just two from what I saw. But he's completed just 47% of those passes, no touchdowns to five interceptions. And then also, he still has that bad thumb. He's only like three weeks removed from that. So I think the Packers' game plan should be take away Cam Akers as much as they can, uh, take away those easy completions for Goff, and really really try to make him beat you. You have Jair Alexander, who's been you know erasing half the field, uh, Adrian Amos, Darnell Savage have been, you know, pro Bowl safeties the second half of the season. They've, they've been excellent together. So trust the secondary. You've got the playmakers back there. Let the pass rush, one of your strengths, get after the quarterback
3: and wreak some havoc. Yeah, the players have to make the plays. But the Sean McVay factor, because he knows all this stuff too. He's going to come in with a game plan and try to keep it simple for Jared Goff. He knows the ways that Jared Goff's going to wreck the game if he's going to ruin it at all. And I don't think he's going to put him in the position to have to do those things. Obviously, if they can establish the run, that's great. Kenny Clark up front is going to be really important. Set that edge. Push that front back. I think if there's an area where the Packers front, I mean, in both trenches, and we'll talk about the off- Packers offensive line against the Rams defensive line too, control the trenches, control the line of scrimmage. Mark, you've watched a lot of playoff football, and it always seems to come down, whether it was the 60s, the 50s, the 70s, or now, It the, the formula seems to come down to control that line of scrimmage, and, and I think that's that's where McVay, I think, tries to get the ball out, out of Goff's hands quickly uh, when he throws. And hopefully this isn't another game where, for whatever reason, the Rams run roughshod over the Packers and, and Goff only has to throw the ball 10 or 11 times.
5: Well, right, and you're right. The The trenches are where games are won, not just playoff games, but even during the season. But, but also in the playoffs, more times than not, the better quarterback wins the game. And as Paul said, I, I wanted the Bears, too, because the Bears stink. The Bears didn't belong in the playoffs, but um, I didn't think I was going to get the Bears. I thought the Saints would kill the Bears, and they did. Um, but I don't. that's why I didn't – I mean, if, if the choice was really Rams or, or Buccaneers, I wanted the Rams because I'd much rather face Jared Goff than Tom Brady. I mean, like I said, I, in, the, in the playoffs, if you look – I mean, again, there, there's always going to be – a Upset, but more times than not, the better quarterback advances. Um, it didn't and in Seattle. It didn't, but Russell Wilson really didn't didn't play great in in that game. Um, you know, Brady beat the kid from Washington, who played his heart off, by the way. But Brady beat him. Um, you know, it's why Kansas City is a favorite because they have Patrick Mahomes. I mean, they're you know he's not bad either. Uh, so I mean, I you know it's going to come down to. Yes, putting them like acres, Rams are going to want to run, 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 run. You know, they're going to try to copy what San Francisco did. the Packers last year, but the Packers defense has gotten better against a run um, as this year has gone on. A month ago or a month and a half ago, I would have been really worried. And I'm I know I'm always concerned, but you know, like like you guys said, the, the the defense were a little excited because they they faced good running teams the last month, including the best running team in Tennessee, and kept Derrick Henry under hundred yards, which is not easy to do. Um, then they faced Ma- Montgomery, who was pretty, who was on a roll, and held him to what sixty nine yards, or like a three point something yard per, per carry. So, yeah, I want to see that same kind of defense. I want to see them contain Acres and make Goff. with a bad thumb! Throw the ball more than he wants to, and 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 get a little pressure on him. And a bad thumb in cold weather isn't a good isn't good either.
6: C-Rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply.
3: Right, no. And the more you the more you mention that, Mark, the more I think about it, you got with Tennessee, it wasn't just Derrick Henry. There's A.J. Brown, Corey Davis. Corey Davis didn't have any catches. A.J. Brown had one or two catches at all. On the Rams side of things, you've got Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup listed as questionable. He's going to play. He's not going to sit out a playoff game, but he's not going to be 100%. And then Playing the role of Jonu Smith is Tyler Higby for the Rams. So it different teams, but it's it's kind of a similar formula. It, it almost like look, you know, if you want to from a confidence standpoint, say, hey, we're capable of taking away two dimensions at one time. Paul, you mentioned Jair Alexander racing half the field. I mean, he has ascended into something really special. And I hope that Jair takes this game personal. That he's a second team All Pro and he's got to watch the first team All Pro out there against his guy Devontae and try to shut him down and Jair's just the type of guy that would, would be kind of you know kind of kind of petty like that. I'm I'm joking, I'm saying that tongue in cheek. I would be too that wants to play well and step up and make a big play. If I'm Jared Goff, Mark, I think I think the ask of the week for the other team, Mark, is typically you ask guys to take a week off and, and I don't think anyone's gonna take a week off this week. Maybe you, Mark, you should ask Jared Goff to try to test Jair Alexander. Say it out loud. And maybe <laughs> and then maybe he'll maybe he'll actually do it. No, I mean your 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 point is is hundred percent correct. There's
5: a lot of things. Well, to the be, other quarterbacks though Wolford's taking he, he's not playing so
3: he's out, right. I so he's yeah, he's I out I was kinda
5: hoping Aaron Donald would take the week off. But yeah. He's gonna play. Not a chance. That would have he been has a
3: good one. <laughs> he has not missed a game in his career, and so it'll be Blake Bortles backing up Jared Goff. If anything goes wrong, Blake Bortles comes in. Now Blake Bortles did Plays the playoff football for the Jags before he started moving Over around. Went to
5: the, the AFC Championship game and had had the lead in, a, in the second half against New England a couple and,
3: years ago, and of course blew it. Right, the Belichick effect. So, well, New
5: England again, the better quarterback won the game.
3: Right. Yeah. But I. But the Packers defense. I, this is this is a game too, and and I'll just ask you guys real quick too. Paul, we'll start with you as far as your as far as the turnover situation. Obviously, if, I think the Packers have a chance to get one maybe even two in this situation. They've turned it up a notch. Darnell Savage, Adrian Amos at safety are, are starting to play. They've got a little bit more of that dog in their play. I love it. Jair has always had it. Kevin King is even getting into the mix there. Punch the ball out if it's going to be cold. And again, it's not frigid, freezing cold, but it's cold for the Rams. Get after that football because it's a little tougher to, to hold that thing tight when you got sleeves and all these other things going on there. How are you feeling as far as, as how important, knowing the Rams aren't, aren't necessarily supposed to score a lot of points, how important are turnovers in this game?
4: Uh, incredibly everything in january gets kicked up a notch you know that turnover that hits you in october might not sting quite as bad as it does in january and we know that aaron Rodgers is going to take care of the football the rams however they they haven't taken care of the football very well this year they have 25 turnovers uh their offense does which is the eighth most in football and 13 of those have been jared goff interceptions and as you alluded to jason uh, as the old saying goes, turnovers come in bunches, and they are coming in bunches right now for this Packers defense. So I definitely think that that could be a, a key point and potentially a turning point within this game.
3: Yeah, and Mark, I'm sure you echo the, the exact same thing. Although, yes. I, I, I mean, the, it, is this the one thing that's been talked about amongst all the other billion things this week, and I think that it's true, in play, playoff football, the margin for error is a lot smaller, but can't have a turnover, can't have mistakes, got to play mistake-free football, because of the way that the Rams offense does struggle at times, I don't necessarily want to sit here and, and if we're in the third quarter, it's a close game, and say they haven't gotten a turnover and we're, we're in trouble or, or anything like that. Or even if the Packers turn the ball over and we're going to get to the Packers offense versus the Rams defense, which is maybe a different story, I, I think it's I think it's a situation where this could be because the defenses are both really good that we either see a couple coming both ways or we don't see any at all just because that's the way some of these games go but as as far as the defense goes is there anything that concerns you as far as the defense against the the Rams offense uh, we've talked about Cam Akers but as far as those receivers Robert Woods uh, does does anything concern you in the passing game given that it's going to be Goff that's throwing the ball
5: well Goff you know it's funny Goff and Carson Wentz were sort of Top two picks of the, what, the 2016 draft? Yep. Right, 2016. They were the w- number one, number two, and they both got off to nice starts to, the, to their ca- career. I mean, um, Wentz in his second year was looking like the MVP before he tore his ACL. Uh, he got the Eagles to the number one seed, and then Nick Foles, of course, came in and won the Super Bowl. And in the following year, um, Jared Goff gets his team to the Super Bowl. And they looked like, oh, that's why they were picked number one and number two. Right? Now Wentz, who knows what his future lies. I mean, he was begged for, for a rookie, Jalen Hurts. Um, you know, it, I guess he's coming, I, I guess he was bringing him back because they got rid of Peterson. So, and uh, Now Goff, as you pointed out earlier, Jason, was, I guess they'll say it was the thumb and that's why he didn't start against Seattle but I don't know. I mean, was he benched? I mean you could make the argument that he got benched, right? He practiced um, all week. Right. That's what I'm saying. He was they didn't they didn't list him as doubtful or anything, right? I mean he was so it's it's amazing that those two guys, their their careers have kind of mirrored yeah. each other a little bit. Um and it's funny also that the Rams we're talking about the, I mean when I think of the Rams I think back to the Kurt Warner Rams, right—the greatest show on turf when they were still in St. Louis, and you know, um, Marshall Falk and and those wide receivers they had, Torrey Holt. Um, you know, that was that was a, a crazy offense. And even just you know, and then McVay is an offensive guy, right? You know, the Rams are. You think of the Rams and you think of offense, but all of a sudden, in a matter of two years, they they went from an offensive team to a. Like we're saying, an offense that you're not that worried about, but a defense that's very, very good. It's yep. kind of kind of strange how the, how the Rams have... This Ram team is nothing like the Ram team that went to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago.
3: No, well, they're very different. And as far as parallels go, if Jared Goff is going to play the role of Carson Wentz, then I guess it's a good thing Wolford's not playing, because it was Nick Foles that came in and won the Super Bowl for the Philadelphia Eagles a couple right. of years ago. And... If you want another parallel, the last time these teams faced off, it was against the Kurt Warner Rams in St. Louis after the 2001 season. Brett Favre threw six interceptions, two of them for touchdowns against the Rams' defense, which was very good back then, too. They ended up representing the NFC in the Super Bowl. We know they lost to New England. That started New England's meteoric rise after that year. But a lot of people expected the Rams to win that Super Bowl. They were supposed to. I think they were favored. So oh, it's been, heavy been a long, long time since. Well, do you the, remember Favre's quote after that game? Yeah, I would have thrown ten or. Yeah, no, like.
5: I, if, if we would have got the ball back, I would have thrown
3: another one. <laughs> yeah, he just that was you had to, you had to live and die by you had to live and die by the Brett Favre, you know. And, and Ben Fennel said something interesting on the Packaday um, show on Friday, which was Brett Favre's one of the rare quarterbacks out there in the history of the NFL that'll keep both teams in the game. So that was that was the old. That was the old gunslinger. But Paul, I'll ask you for your take on that, because we are only two years removed from the Rams representing the, the NFC in the Super Bowl against the Patriots. It was kind of a lackluster championship game. It was very low scoring. New England ended up winning. But as far as the differences between between then and now, are you Mark are you echoing what Mark said there about the shift? This is a, a, a team that is very strong defensively and then they've got a couple of good players on offense enough to at least, you know, keep the keep the chains moving.
4: Yeah, I think Mark hit the nail on the head with this one. It really is a stark contrast between this year's team and that Super Bowl team. Uh, But they still have a good – you know, you still can't take the offense for granted by any means. I do think that the Packers' defense can shut them down. In fact, that's what I think is going to happen. But, I mean, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, they have almost 2,000 yards combined receiving this season as well. So I know we're sitting here giving – especially in the cold, and the thumb doesn't help anything. But this is an offense that can still produce even though they haven't as of late, and we know that McVay is a, a good play caller, but it really is such a such a different team than it was two years ago from what we saw in the Super Bowl. Yeah, big difference now, I'll but there's brother,
3: also – well, go ahead, Mark.
5: No, I'm saying I never really answered your question. You asked me what the, what's the one thing that does concern me. Well, it'll be – I mean – I think the most important person on the Packer defense this week is Kevin King, because um, Alexander can't cover both of those guys. I mean, he might be able to, but uh, if, if, even <laughs> um, I mean, he can cover either one, but not at the same time. So, if Alexander's on Woods, King's got to do a good job against Cup, or vice versa. If and I, I think Alexander will probably be on Woods most of the time, but I mean, they might switch. You, you never know. King's got to be. King's got to bring his A game. He he can't have one of them games where he's missing tackles and dropping interceptions and, you know, not just not playing well. If King plays well, I think the Packers are, are in pretty good shape.
4: Which is usually, and the, another, usually the case. I just wanted to say one other guy to uh, keep our eyes on, Shannon Sullivan, because Cup, both Cup and Woods, will uh, they'll frequent the slot quite a bit. Okay.
3: Yeah, yeah. And Shannon Sullivan, you know, again, he, he's been an interesting figure this this year in terms of, moving from that dimeback role last year into the nickel role this year and playing more. And we're seeing what he can do and some of the things that he doesn't do as well. But it's put-up or shut-up time now in the playoffs, and he's he's going to have to play well. But as far as you know, we, we talk about the differences between the Rams from two years ago, what a, what a difference this Packers offense has undergone over the past two seasons. It's been a coaching change. They've settled into the Matt LaFleur offense. It's year two with Matt LaFleur. They've won... 26 games to six losses. Aaron Rodgers has really settled in and playing within the system here. He's not going off script. This is not the type of defense that you want to see a quarterback doing that uh, against. So the game plan is going to be really important coming in as far as what the Packers are going to do and what they want to do. Let's just get the obvious out of the way first, guys. Jalen Ramsey, Devontae Adams, the large The prevailing thought out there is that Ramsey will shadow Adams. Adams is simply too dangerous, and when your season is on the line, you cannot afford to let the obvious things beat you, and that can very easily be number 17, whether he's covered or not covered. Jalen Ramsey did very well this season against other teams' number one receivers. They didn't really put up great numbers, not very many touchdowns. I think Stephon Diggs had one. It was a short yardage catch. So, as far as this matchup goes, because you, you know, Paul, you mentioned, we'll start with you. You mentioned Cup and Woods moving into the slot. They're going to do the same thing with Devontae Adams. So, does that neutralize any of what Jalen Ramsey can do if he's got to move from playing an outside corner and, and whatever they're running, those quarters that they typically like to play, or when he's in the slot?
7: Hey, everyone. I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or, if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with BlueWire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. Check out the description box to find out more. But that's bwhustle.com slash join.
4: I definitely think it'll make a difference. I'll be curious to see how often they send Devontae to the slot and how often uh, Ramsey follows, follows him there. So Ramsey has about 1,000 defensive snaps this season, and 170 of them have come from the slot. So he's pretty much an out wide corner, which we all knew. He will travel there. And last week against DK Metcalf he was on him about 70% of the routes. So saying that, we as we all expect, we should see a lot of Ramsey on Adams, but I think that that could be an opportunity to get a different cornerback lined up on Adams. Not that Devontae needs a ton of help uh, creating space off the release, but typically there's more space in the slot uh, for the receiver to work initially than there is out wide where the corner could press up against you. So I think that that could be a good spot for Devontae to get some space, create a different matchup. But ultimately, I think the what it's going to come down to in terms of success for the Packers' passing game is the other players that are going to have to step up. Uh, I mean, I, by no means do I think Devontae is going to get shut down, but Ramsey's a very good cornerback. You know, I hope I'm wrong, but I'm not anticipating a 12-catch, 120-yard performance for Devontae uh, to, uh, on Saturday. So that means Lazard, uh, Valdez-Scantling, Robert Tunyon, Aaron Jones specifically. I think that they can find a lot of success with Jones out of the backfield Uh, getting into space against those linebackers, uh, pre-snap motion. I think that they can utilize him in the passing game. But it's really going to come down to what can the other guys do, what can the other guys provide if Devontae is, uh, you know, not doing his typical Devontae Adams-level production.
3: One of the things you saw against the, the Rams that Seattle was able to do, and I don't think Jalen Ramsey was in the coverage, but the one time that he maybe wasn't covering D.K. Metcalf, Metcalf sneaks behind the defense and scores a long touchdown. It only takes one snap like that for Devontae Adams to find the end zone and get in there and he's made some big catches in some big games. So I think the Packers are going to be very mindful of how they free him up, try to get him open there. I think he makes some some really good points as far as that goes. I think it's this is the Marquez valdez scantling Alan Lazard game. I think Robert Tunyon is another weapon that Sean McVay is going to come in. I think Sean McVay might take a page out of Belichick's book here and say, look, we're gonna take away Devontae Adams and Tunyon in the red zone. And good luck to these other guys, because this other guy drops the ball all the time and, and 13 thirteen hasn't made too many catches and nineteen hasn't made too many catches against us. So if they can beat us in a playoff game, you know, best wishes to you. I, I just I think this is one of those times where Marcus Velda Scantling, Lazard are gonna to have to step up and play big games. I didn't mention Aaron Jones Jamal Williams in the passing game. I think that's one thing that's really going to help the Packers offense is that element of the running backs become another or other wide receivers let's not forget mercedes Lewis once in a while slips out and when he does slip out, he does tend to he does tend to be open he's not somebody that the defense is necessarily going to pay a lot of attention to i don't know mark do you is it is it too Obvious or too hyperbole to say, hey, Lazard and MVS have to step up here, given the fact that they're role players.
5: Well, no, I wrote that. I, you guys are reading my story. To, back to me, I wrote the other day that those three guys, MVS, um, Tunyon, and Lazard have to. I mean, at least one, two, or maybe all three of them have to play well because Adams. I mean, again, I'm I'm with Paul. I don't think I don't think Adams is going to have a you know, 10, 12-catch, 100-and-something-yard, two-touchdown game. I don't. I, on the other hand, I don't think he's going to have a one-catch, nine-yard game either. He's going to be in between somewhere. But he's not going to – He's not, he probably won't put up the numbers that we're used to seeing him put up because Ramsey is that good. Um, so, yes. And if, if you look at the two games this year that Adams didn't play, the Saints game and the Falcons game, against the Saints, Lazard went wild. He had 143 yards against the Falcons, Tanyan had, I think, I forget how many catches, but he had three three touchdowns. So, they've stepped up when Adams wasn't there. Well, he's going to be there, which will make it easier for them to step up because they're not going to, you know, Adams is still out there. I think a key is, isn't is necessarily those three guys. I mean, they are, I shouldn't say that, they are the key, but Aaron Rodgers has to be smart. And he usually is, but sometimes he tries to, he has to realize I can't force it to Adams. If, you know, if Adams is, is – if Ramsey's all over him and it's, and it's good coverage, look away, dump it off to Aaron Jones or find Tunyon against him. The Rams have had some problems with tight ends this year. Kittle killed him the one – when San Francisco beat him the one game, Kittle killed him. The Eagles – now, they, they, they beat the Eagles early in the year, but Zach Ertz had a big game against them. And both games against Arizona – uh, Dan Arnold, who isn't even that good of a tight end, I think he's okay, right? I mean, he's nothing special. He had big games against them, so they have had they've been hurt by by, by tight ends. So I think I'm looking for a big game at a, at a, at a Tanya this 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 week.
3: That would be I hope it happens. That would be one of those things where McVay would get beat up for that because Tuna has, has led. I mean, he he tied for the the league lead in touchdowns by a tight end. Did he not? I mean he had
5: it yes. was pretty close to tied the Packer record as well,
3: yeah, and it, it he's so that's all he does is get into the end zone he's got such good chemistry with Aaron rodgers, so if that if the Rams are going to concede that because they're focusing so much attention on the wide receivers and the running backs, then the Packers offense he is can very can well stop con- everything. very exactly the Rams defense if it, is good it ain't that good there you go, and the Packers offense is constructed then to beat basically any defense this is one of those games where It's this is gonna be the real barometer. If if the Packers are able to go out and do things against the Rams that other teams haven't done most of this season and are able to move on, then when you get to the conference championship game and if they're fortunate enough to get out of the game after that, it's it's gonna make for some really how do you beat Green Bay type of things. I mean, this is one of those seasons where the Packers have a legitimate championship formula team here going going up against the competition that they're going up against. So the Ramsey versus Adams, Packers offense, like you said, Rodgers being smart, Aaron Rodgers this year, the the thing that that calms me with regards to that whole thing is that he just seems so locked in. And he's never not been locked in. He's a great player. He preps well. And that's something that he doesn't necessarily get as much I guess love for outside of Green Bay because maybe others don't know. I mean, Peyton Manning set a bar that was incredibly hard to get to in terms of prep and and those types of things. But Aaron Rodgers is, you can just tell, he can smell it. He can feel it. He can taste it. There's going to be some more fans in the stands.
2: They'll yeah, feed I all, the, I'm glad they'll, you
5: brought that. Up. There's going to be about eight thousand fans, right?
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep.
5: That's going to be good. I'm glad. I'm. I'm also very happy for that. For not just for the eight thousand people that are going to be lucky enough to go, but it's going to be nice to hear. I mean, eight thousand isn't sixty-six thousand or whatever whatever Lambeau holds, but it'll be, won't it won't be nice to finally hear some. Go Pat, go. like real people saying canning and stuff, oh
3: yeah, yeah, for sure, I mean it and it's gonna be it's gonna be genuine, it's not gonna be this ill timed machine going off right. that's that's booing when there's like a penalty <laughs> called on the opposing team, <laughs> like it's been in some stadiums, I mean Paul, what about? Just real quick, what about around the stadium? Does that does that change the vibe of what's happening around the stadium, or is it still pretty much locked down and you can't really uh, get in a tailgate because of COVID and all those other types of things?
4: Yeah, they're not allowing any sort of tailgating, but the the bars on Holmgren and all that have been open this year during games, so I imagine that those will be uh, folks will be enjoying themselves, and I'm excited as well. I assume everyone is that fans are going to be in attendance. The Buffalo game this last weekend, there were times where you could hear yeah. uh, the fans through the television. So yeah, I'm ho- I'm hoping they're uh, 8,000 of the loudest season ticket holders that the Packers could find.
3: Yeah. Oh, I, and I know. I know those bars are open. I might have inquired because you know someone might have plans of trying to be in Green Bay, even if I can't go to the game, to be in Uh-oh. Green Bay if if the if the Uh-oh. if the following game is played. So I'm just doing some research. That's all. Just due diligence, as I like to call it. So, <laughs> all right. The other all right. The other big the other big matchup here. And Mark, I have a specific question for you because I've heard it, uh, something said a couple times this week that I think you'll probably have an opinion on. Aaron Donald for the Rams. Going up against the interior of the well, and wherever he lines up against the Packers offensive line, you've got an All-Pro, one of the best defensive linemen we've ever seen, and then you've got an All-Pro center in Corey Lindsley. You've got a Pro Bowl caliber guard in Elton Jenkins. You assume Billy Turner is going to be your left tackle. Jared Valdir won't play; he's on the COVID. <laughs> he's on the COVID uh, reserve list, so he unfortunately, unfortunately, will not be available to the team this week. Fortunately, did not seemingly spread it to anyone else, thank goodness, because that was my biggest concern when that news came out. But I've heard some Aaron Donald, Reggie White comparisons, Mark. And he is a special player. He's never missed a game. He's got this rib injury. I've, I've seen it described as broken cartilage, dislocated rib, whatever it is. It's probably going to make him uncomfortable. He's going to wear a flak jacket. He's still going to play, and I think he's still going to be really, really good. But it's been a long time since we've we've seen a defensive lineman coming in to play the Packers taking up this much of the storyline.
5: Yeah, no, he's the best today. There's no doubt about it. Um, Reggie now, see, now you're. <laughs> to me, Reggie's the greatest player I've ever covered. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know who's second, but Reggie is. He's just a great. I mean, it was unbelievable covering. I mean, I know Troy Aikman said it last week I think that uh, I played against Lawrence Taylor and Reggie White and I think Aaron Donald is I don't know if he said better or as good as whatever but Aikman is one that threw out the Reggie Lawrence Taylor com- comparisons I mean they're different um, you know Reggie played and he was outside Donald's inside um, so I mean it's it's. listen Aaron Donald I'm, I can't say he's better than Reggie I'll, I'll never say anybody's better than Reggie um, but He's he's as good as there is the last whatever many years i'll I'll, I'll, I'll give him that he's um, and he's, it's amazing because I remember when he went I remember his draft and he, uh, he was coming out of pit and the rap on him was yeah he's very good you know he and he'll get some pressure and you know he's this and that but but his size was a major yep. major concern with I remember some that teams. that he's just not that big but man he, I guess he didn't have to be. <laughs> Because he he is he's great he's a great 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 player. Well, I mean if he went if he wins this year will, will it be his third or fourth um, defensive player of the year award.
3: Gosh does he have two already?
5: Oh well, has at least two I think he might this will be three or four.
3: Yeah he's right? well he's he's been really good I mean he's been he's been really good so now that we know I guess now that we know that it's largely going to be the interior of the line you would. Do, do they move him around, and do they try to line him up on a, on a you know less experienced Lucas Patrick to try to get a more favorable matchup? I assume the Patricks well, are will be, still double him. Yeah, and Lindsay's Lin, still there, but Lucas Patrick's going to be gonna your double.
5: right. I mean, Donald's not going to get single cover. I mean, whether it's Patrick or Jake, I, I would assume Lindsay's always going to be shading toward him.
3: Sure. Right. I mean, you have to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You do. You definitely do. But the other thing too is you've got Michael Brockers and Good Leonard, player. and uh right Brock, Brockers and Leonard Floyd Leonard Floyd on the other edge so and Floyd is playing n- I've never never saw him play this well with the Bears and he always seemed to play really well against the Packers but this is the Leonard Floyd the Bears thought they were drafting and whatever the Rams have unlocked in him is has finally gotten his potential out there, so the, the line is going to have its its work cut out for him. If you're double teaming one guy, that means another guy's got maybe a one on one matchup, and any of those guys can can really kind of wreck it. And they're playing is you know they're playing well against the run. They're they're getting after the passer, and that's the one thing I think that worries me the most is is if Aaron Rodgers gets panicky and points are coming at a premium because the Packers have scored on their opening drive in almost every game but one or two. So if they, they go two or three possessions without scoring and you get this sense of urgency and they're constantly you know, one possession up and there's, just, there's never that comfort level, which is what you have to expect in the playoffs, does that pass rush rattle Rodgers and, and then that kind of, that kind of gets, gets after the offense, Paul? I don't know if you see that as a, as a potential issue. I mean, it could be a potential issue. I don't know if that's something that's necessarily at the top of your worry list.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've seen the Packer offense pretty much dominate this season and the the few or two instances where they really didn't was against Tampa Bay and the second half against Carolina. And in both those games the offensive line struggled with the with the pass rush. The Rams this season they're uh Third in pressures, their defensive front is. First in sacks, and during the regular season, they only allowed 3.9 yards per carry, which was the fourth fewest in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Aaron Donald draws much of the attention as he should, but there's Michael Brockers, as you mentioned. Leonard Floyd has 10.5 sacks. He primarily lines up on the, uh, the defense's left side, so he's going to... Uh, face Rick Wagner pretty often uh, on Saturday, which is is what I'm guessing. And so the Packers are going to have to provide help, like you mentioned, Lindsley, um, some tight ends lined up to help the tackles as well. And then Rodgers can help them with the quick passing game, getting the ball out. Running between the tackles might be tricky, but I think with that outside zone running scheme, getting uh, Jones in space against those linebackers once again, I think that is the weak point of this defense and something that the Packers can exploit but no it's definitely going to be a, a a tall task for this offensive line who doesn't have David Bakhtiari but they've held up well all year and I mean they missed Bakhtiari for a few weeks early on there's been constant shuffling number of injuries that they've had to deal with so it's certainly going to be a challenge not saying that it's not but Really, there's nothing that we've seen from this offensive line unit this year to make me think anyways that they aren't up for it or won't be able, won't be able to handle it. Not saying that's going to be a dominant or necessarily pretty performance,
3: but I think that they're certainly up for the task. With Valdir, if Rick Wagner breaks down and can't finish the game, you could move Billy Turner back to right tackle and put Valdir in at left tackle or put Valdir in at right tackle keep Billy Turner at left tackle. Now if Rick Wagner goes down you don't have Valdir available to you and you are looking at the potential of if you don't for whatever reason feel comfortable with another option at at right tackle maybe have to move Elton Jenkins around which which right. then leaves that middle of the defense open and you're you're looking at you know I you're looking at a John Runyon coming in and, and playing. He's a rookie playing in a big spot in a playoff game. You're looking at a, a, a Josh Nijman, for example. I mean, I'm just throwing some names out there. That's that's how thin it was before the Valdir signing. And when he was signed, I wasn't excited that, oh, hey, this guy's going to come in and start right away. Awesome. Here's your right tackle. No, I knew it was a depth thing, and it was. That, I think that's why you signed Jared Valdir. And kudos to Brian Gutekunst for Pulling the trigger on that—that that was a really nice loophole that he found there, and I wonder if, if in the off-season, that there isn't some changes made to the practice squad to give teams an opportunity to get guys like this. But, Mark,
5: that's—you know—I mean, no, I agree with you, Jason. Yeah. I thought I thought Valdier was the the best insurance policy since the Rogers rate. So,
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, Mark said that one whole was all yeah, <laughs> <obviously, laughs> the yeah, you i bring Bill you bring up
5: for, just, just so I could use that. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it's a shame. I mean, my God, you get him in a, and then I was I wasn't like crazy excited. but I was like, Wow, what a what a great pickup! Like, who who would have thought? You, know, I, you watched him play for the Colts, and you said, Hey, I didn't even know he was back. I didn't know I didn't even know he was on the Colts. How about that? They they picked him up, and then. You know the loophole that this 2020 season is, where he was he wasn't even on the 53. He was on a practice squad and got elevated for the game, and he could have set history and being the first player to ever play for two teams in the in the play, and he still could, I guess, if he, you know, if he's better by next week, if the Packers win and he's better, he I guess he could maybe play against playing the NFC Championship game or Super Bowl. But I thought it was a, what a great move, and for the same reasons, um, you have you have a backup no matter who gets hurt. If anybody, if any of the five were were to get hurt, you you have a very good six man ready to go in. Not just like you mentioned Wagner, because he has a been. But if Patrick if Patrick broke down, well you move um, Turner inside and you put put him a tackle. You know he you, you just had a nice option there. Well now you don't have it this week. Let, let me and I I hope I'm I'm gonna say a little prayer that this doesn't come back to. To haunt me, but yes, the Ram, I, All those numbers Paul gave about the about the Rams and their sacks and their pressures and all that kind of stuff—they're great. But six of their games came against the Seahawks, who have a terrible offensive line, the Cardinals, who have a horrible offensive line, and the 49ers, who offensive line was wrecked this year with injury, and so they and so as it turns out, they didn't have a good offensive line. So they did face they, they did have six games against. And I saw a stat where, like, was it more than half of? I think didn't Floyd have like six of his sacks come against Seattle this year? Oh, I don't know. That would be interesting. Yeah, I think it was. Okay, something like that. So, yeah, taking nothing away from those players, they're all, you know, Floyd Brockers and Donald were all number one picks. They're all in all in the top half of the first round, I believe. They have I mean, Floyd was top ten. Um, Bears actually moved up to get him. Uh, Brockers was right around then. Early teens, I think, because he was the same year as Fletcher Cox. I I remember, um, and Donald, of course, was a high pick and you know deserves it. But just keep that in mind. Like they they did face, and that's just that's just six games. I don't know. I mean, no, I mean they also played the Eagles, who offensive line was a disaster. So that's seven games against bad offensive lines. Uh, I don't know their whole schedule off the top of my head, but they faced some bad offensive lines. The Packers' offensive line isn't bad, even without Backdiari, they're it's still above average. I think.
3: Yeah, given that given that all the preferreds are able to start and finish the game, and it's going to be a physical one, so this is going to test it's going to test everybody. But up front, that's one area where the Packers are now thinner and really can't afford any more shuffling around. You want to keep guys where they've been good, and then live to fight another week. Hopefully, Jared valdir has got a mild case of COVID. We all saw how long AJ Dillon was out when he had COVID. Because Jared Valdir is going to be needed, the Packers are going to need that depth if they're fortunate enough to
5: play beyond. It can't be too. This week. It can't be too severe, right? Because he was. I mean, I, again, I'm speaking from experience by, my, myself, but I mean, he was there. I mean, it's not like he he got sick. Like he didn't. I don't think he knew he had it till the like, till the test came back, right?
3: Well, he described some symptoms. Oh, okay. Yeah, he described some symptoms apparently to the trainer. And yeah, okay, okay. and so then that's where they said, okay, well let's test you, and and it came back positive. So if you're having symptoms, that's that's tough because you know right. they, they could potentially they oh. could potentially blow up and and get real bad, and and you're talking about um you know the the lungs. Oh, I believe me, I know. <laughs> yeah, you know you know you you had you had it and you dealt with it in your way. I had my I was way more asymptomatic than anything. I only lost my sense of smell. So it's just different. It's a weird. It's a weird right. thing. It affects it's, everybody
5: differently. Yeah, it's a Hopefully, weird thing. he has it very mild, like you said, and he can. If the Packers win, he'll be able to play in the in the in the title in the NFC title game.
3: Yep, exactly. Which, if the Packers are able to take down the Rams, will be also be at Lambeau Field, which will be the first time that the Packers have hosted. An NFC Championship game since following the 2007 season, Brett Favre's last as the starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers has never had the opportunity to start an NFC Championship game at Lambeau Field. He has long wanted one for a long time, and that is what is in his sights. And that's why I said I think Aaron Rodgers is just too locked in. I don't, I don't see him having a rough, rough game. But you know, the Rams' defense is going to give him. A, Maybe one of the stiffest challenges he might see the rest of the way, regardless of, of who they might end up playing after that. But as far as how this thing shakes out, interesting thing about the line, Mark, unless I'm looking at it wrong, I still see six and a half. Is that what you've yep. got? I yep. thought I thought it would move. I thought it would get much smaller as we got closer to game time. And maybe Jared Goff being named the starter for the Rams as has just not allowed that line to move much. But the Packers are still six and a half point favorites. So,
5: Mark, we'll start with you. How do you got this one shaking out? I think the, I'm I'm picking the Packers. Um, I think it's going to be and, and like you said that six and a half. I didn't think it would open that. I thought it would be a four, four and a half, somewhere in in that range. And it opened it, it opened it. It did touch seven at, at one point, I think, but it's been six and a half most of the week. And the over under, we we talked about this be, before we started the podcast. That's a low number. It's like 45 and a half or 46, depending yep. where you look. Yep. I don't think the Packers have been under 50 all year with the over under. Now, every game hasn't gone over, but um, they're usually in like 50. They've had the games where it have been 56, 57. So that tells me two things one, that the Packers cover, and two, that it goes under. So if you want to score, I'm going to say Packers 24, Rams 14.
3: Yeah, 24 14. That's. that's a lo- much lower scoring than we're used to seeing. But, again, it's playoff football, so no surprise, especially when you've got two really good defenses. Paul, what do you got for Packers-Rams divisional round?
4: So as we've seen this week, the, the magic number for the Rams offense is at 20-point mark. And I just don't think they're going to get there. The Packers defense is peaking at the right time. Uh, we discussed how their run defense is playing. They're coming away with turnovers. Pressures are up. They've been absolutely ridiculously good in the red zone the last three weeks. Only three touchdowns allowed on 12 trips by their opponents. I in the cold, golf bat. Um, I just don't see that offense putting up a lot of points. And uh, for the Packers offense, it's going to be tough sledding. I don't see this by any means being a game where they blow out the Rams. It's going to be one of those games where the Packers are up. You know. Up three points, up six points, up seven points. It's always a game, but ultimately they're going to come out on top of the win. I got Packers 24, Rams 16.
3: All right, so we got 24-14, 24-16. I am doing what I usually do, which is raining on everyone's parade. I'm picking the Packers. I'm picking the Packers. I'm not picking the lose. Packers are going to win this game. But I've got I've got a Packers twenty eight, Rams twenty two, and the only reason the Rams get twenty two points is because I think the Packers shoot themselves in the foot somehow and end up giving up some points that they shouldn't to the Rams. We've seen Green Bay make some mistakes before. We know all about the special teams, which we've we've managed to avoid talking about up until this point in this entire podcast, which is just fine with me. Uh, by the way, kudos to Mason Crosby he made every field goal. Uh, that he tried in the regular season, so surely he'll miss a critical one now in this, this game because I said it out loud. But that's that's the only reason why I see the Rams scoring as many points as they will. It might be one of those things where it's not as close as the scoreboard shows, but I, I think the Packers get the win here. They're just too focused, too dialed in. They're at home, the weather, the fan atmosphere, all the The, the Rams are banged up. I think I think their you know their big shining moment came when they handed Pete. Carroll and Russell Wilson, their first ever playoff loss in Seattle together as a tandem in all those years. So I've got Packers 28-22. It's a clean sweep from your Saturday Pack-A-Day crew picking the Packers to beat the Rams, which then means, gentlemen, we will be back next week and probably doing the injury update again, although we will be previewing if there's a game in some way, shape, or form. The Packers well, let's let's, the let's NFC. take
5: it a step further since we all picked the Packers to win, who they going to play next week?
3: Saints. Saints. Saints, Saints, New Orleans. Okay, I've got, yep. We're all in agreement <laughs> again. I've, <laughs> I've got New Orleans as much as everyone wants. Rogers, Brady, and all that good stuff there too. I just, I don't think New Orleans is is gonna. I'll take Sean Payton at home over Bruce Arians on the road, and that's just that's another thing that they don't step on the field, but they're obviously a big part of the of the team, the prep. So I've I've got Packers, Saints in the NFC Championship game if it shakes out the way that it should. So a lot of good stuff coming up this next week, and we will be back. Again, next Saturday, the only thing left to do is watch the game. I know we'll be in touch during the game, gentlemen. So enjoy. Everyone enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the game. Scream your lungs out. Be safe and go Pack Go.